and welcome to a special bonus edition of Outlandish with me, Ed Scott. First of all, apologies that this episode has taken so long to release. The reason for that is that I moved house. And in the ensuing chaos that comes with moving house, I've just not gotten around to putting this together. But I'm now happily settled in here in Crystal Palace in South East London and very much enjoying the greenery on my doorstep now that I'm a bit further out into the suburbs. So what's the deal with this episode? Well, there is no new guest today. Instead, I've taken a little bit of each of my chats with guests from season one and spliced them together all around a central theme. You see, for each episode of Outlandish, in order to check that the sound is working and to get my guests into a conversational frame of mind, I always ask them the same question. What did you have for breakfast? It's a trick I learned from a YouTube channel called Numberphile, which I highly recommend. And whilst it's intended just to generate a bit of light conversation, the results are often quite interesting, especially when talking to runners. As runners, we probably spend more time than most thinking about what to have for breakfast, when to have it, because it can be the difference between a good run and a case of the runs mid-run. So let's kick things off, shall we? Starting with my guest from episode two of season one, Ali Whitlock, who had some interesting insight into the pros and cons of training on an empty stomach for women. Yeah, just just to check everything one last time on my end. You had muesli for breakfast. Is that your normal breakfast? Uh, it is at the moment. Yeah, I seem to have it quite often. Quick and easy and convenient. Are you are you a pre-run a... breakfast person or a no breakfast before a run? Um, I am a snack before run person. So I'd usually have a coffee and a banana. Didn't run this morning because mm-hmm. Monday is my strength training day. Um, but, um, no, I think it's important to have, have something before running. I don't do, don't do fasted runs. I've sort of experimented with both and I'm, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the middle. Um, awesome. It all seems to be working. I I did, I did before, I did before I used to do fasted runs, but after learning a little bit more about it, it's actually not very good for women. Um, don't ask me the scientific reasoning behind, but there is lots of evidence, um, that actually, particularly for women to, to run fasted is, is not good for your bodies. So, um, and I certainly feel better for having a snack Yeah, and I like food. (laughs) Well, that's the main thing. Indeed. Indeed. Well, there you go. Who knew? Personally, I always prefer to train on an empty stomach, even for long runs, but I have started to experiment with having breakfast before a run just to give my stomach that conditioning for longer events where it's going to be necessary to take in food. Up next, Chris Bradley, director of Runaway Adventures and my very first guest of season one. Chris had a rather unexpected breakfast story for me involving a couple of furry friends. Yeah. And just to warm you up, what did you have for breakfast? What did I have for breakfast? Well, I had a weird morning, actually. So I had to go and pick up our two pet rabbits in Croydon at 9 a.m. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, some, you know, you, you can buy little pancakes from the supermarket. You ever done oh, that? Oh, yeah. Like little what? scotch pancakes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just had some of them in the car as oh. I was driving down to pick the rabbits up. Are they okay? 
They're fine, yeah. You got two? Two. Wow. Two two house rabbits. One lives in the lounge, one lives in the bedroom because they don't get on with each other. Oh my god. <laughs> How do you make that work? In a London flat. Yeah. It's not huge, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, we think they're probably the most privileged rabbits in Islington, to be honest. Yeah. They've they've they one of them's got an entire bedroom to herself. Oh my god. Yeah. Nice. Um no, they're, they're they're all right. They're all right. Do you ever are you ever tempted to try and get them to learn to run alongside you in the hills? Well, to see people with dogs. Ma- yeah, I mean, we've so I my sister had rabbits when we were younger, and we took them out on the leads. And what you quickly realise is, is if a rabbit is scared, they can get out of a lead within about a second. And, I didn't know they made and, leads for and rabbits. They're gone. Well, I don't know if it's a special rabbit lead, <laughs> but yeah, we <laughs> used to take them out on a lead around the garden, and uh, a dog ran at one of one of them, and. Yeah, she was she was gone out of the lead. We thought the collar was on, so it's like I don't want to take one yeah. of the rabbits out yeah, around yeah. Islington, and then you'll never find it ever again. No, I'm amazed you've got it. I'm getting a, a dog on Tuesday, actually. Lovely. It's a little side note would, there. But yeah, our he rabbits arrives. wouldn't like our rabbits wouldn't like your dog. No, he's an ex-stray, so he's a bit of a lone wolf. Um, but we'll see. We'll Lovely. See how he gets on. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. You see, like I said, you never know where a simple question like what did you have for breakfast is going to lead. Incidentally, the dog I mentioned in the clip, Harry, is doing very well. He even attended the Chilton Ridge Half Marathon hosted by Runaway Adventures, which I ran back in June. Third up to speak about breakfast today is Richard McDowell, who was my guest in episode five. Richard is a fast calculating runner who dealt with the subject matter of this question with similarly ruthless efficiency. Cool, just to check it, can I ask you what you had for breakfast? I had a bagel with peanut butter and the other half was jam, I think. Yes. Is that your standard? Bagel seems to be the go-to, yes. Do you eat, I've been asking everyone this because I'm curious, do you eat before a run or not at all? Not at all. Never? No. Racing? Well, um, well, it's generally because of my timing. Right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll eat before a race. Yeah. Right. A couple of hours before a race. Yeah. But, yeah, normal training, no. Just, it's not practical. Yeah, no, I'm the same, but I'm always intrigued by people who who do or don't. Um, let me just listen. There you go. In and out breakfast dealt with. I mean, it's no surprise Richard doesn't have time for a pre-run breakfast. He juggles a demanding job with a young family and somehow manages to fit in enough training to run a sub 14 hour 100 miler, which you can find out more about in episode five. Up next, David Bone from Camino Ultra and episode four of Outlandish. In true elite podcast fashion, I managed to screw up the process of recording a little bit here, so the first snippet of mine and David's chat was lost to time. So let me just tell you now, David had mushrooms on toast for breakfast, a delicious choice and one I often opt for myself. But that in turn led to a conversation about potentially picking our own mushrooms. That's a strange thing that's just come up on on that screen, Ed. Is that the name of the memo? Yeah. Yeah, well, you, where do you live? Because it's usually location-based. Okay. Uh, v- yeah, this, it comes up with some freaky names. Yeah, I did not know that. That's There's a hospice near us. That must be it. How wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm learning stuff already. That, that, yeah, there you go. That's the source of a good podcast when you learn things yeah. from the get-go. Absolutely. Um, well, normally I do use that breakfast question just to sort of slide everyone right in. 
Um, so maybe you could recap for us how you cook those mushrooms. Well, are, are, you, are you a fan of foraging, Ed? Do you know what? I think I would be. I haven't really done it, but I would love to do it. Yeah, I, I'm, actually, one of the things I did today was to sign up for the foraging course at this year's Love Trails, which uh, it's always good to expand the knowledge. So yeah. what I learned on the uh, foraging sessions I've been so far is that how you cut the uh, mushroom uh, it has a sort of big impact on the taste so right yeah it's very much about you know if you get one of those large mushrooms uh, sort of sort of cut it in a sort of diagonal um, <clears throat> this this morning was just sort of your usual supermarket uh, uh, mushroom still very tasty though always put a lot of oil on there and uh, plenty of chili flakes is the top nice. tip. I was going to say, I was wondering where you foraged in Hackney, <laughs> though I'm sure, there are, I'm sure there are places. There you have it, David Bone, King of Hackney and Chef Extraordinaire. And if you think David and his team should release a Camino cookbook, let him know. Last, but definitely not least, Daryl Hanstein, founder of Ugoku Projects. Now, you might recall that right at the start of episode three, I bleeped out an expletive when I made reference to defecation. Well, I promised that the context for that remark would be revealed. And so here in all its glory is Daryl with a tale about the perils of bad breakfast management. Just to warm you up. Yeah. What did you have for breakfast? Oats. 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 Uh, yeah. Normally have oats with... Um, goji berries and flaxseed oh, wow. and chai seed and things like that. Do you eat before every run? Um, I normally just have the oats and that before a run, have like a porridge breakfast. Even a, even a short run? No, not, not a short run. Normally if I have enough time and foresight, I'll have just a, like a little um, hydration tablet. If I fall back behind on my nutrition and stuff during a race, I'll start to just um, trying to push stuff into myself mm-hmm. and then I'll feel my stomach cramping up. Mm. And that can go poorly because you can end up in the woods, man. So Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> I've managed to avoid that on races, but I've done it in training. I've yeah. had to dart into it. Yeah, I've had it before. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had it actually on Chilton Wonderland on my first 50. Is that the one we did last year or did you do it before? Before that, mm. before that. And Mike was kind enough to point out because Sarah Place did a video on that. And she, he said, he pointed out. <laughs> are you out in the back this, of shot? Well, no, he pointed out. He said, oh, those were the woods where you went into, wasn't it? And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult. Like, oh, no. Actually, on the subject of like, you know, doing adventures in the southeast and it can be hard to find an isolated spot for that. Yeah. It's not like you're in the Lake District or yeah. not, oh, that, you should, not was, that you should crap in the Lake District. I was pretty, for 10K, I was pretty looking for somewhere where I could dart behind. <laughs> we ran past this patch of woodland and I was like, you can go behind that quite nicely and there's a little bit of a squatting area. But you never know, there could be like a farm just on the other side and, yeah, or like a pub. This was, yeah, it was fenced off on the other side and I was just hopeful no one was coming down that side. <laughs> A little yeah. bit of privacy. You could get runners coming past, but no one could see you. So. They all understand. <laughs> They've been there. There you go. A tale for the ages about the perils of finding a bit of peace and quiet on the trails. And with that delightful exchange, I'm sorry to say that this is the proper final absolute finish of Outlandish Season 1. 
Thank you very much to everyone who has been listening so far and has left some lovely comments on social media. And thank you to all the lovely guests who've agreed to give up some of their time to chat about running with me. Do get in touch if you've enjoyed the season. You can find me on Instagram at outlandish.run and drop me an email if you've got any thoughts for season two at hello at outlandish.run.